Welcome back to the Remedial Film Class Podcast. I'm your host, Dan. And I'm Travis. And I'm George. Hey, George. Did you get a firecracker in your hot dog, or are you just happy to see me? hey <laughs> We watched Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2, my second favorite Nightmare on Elm Street movie. George, how you doing, man? I'm pretty good. Travis, how you I'm... hanging in there? Uh, a little to the left, but we're good. All right, well, I mean, not shattered by gunpowder, so it's a <laughs> better day than some. Yes. Right. George, last week we had you watch the seminal classic Nightmare on Elm Street, the original Wes Craven from 1984. This week we three the sequel, uh, doubled it up much like we did the Godfather uh, duality. I, I try to pretend Godfather 3 doesn't exist, and you'll see there's a lot of that in the Nightmare franchise for me, but... yep. Initial impressions, how you doing tonight, man? You you still on the Freddy bandwagon or the school bus, I guess as I should say? The school bus. No. Wow. No. Which which one of you is some one of you guys like this movie and the other one not so much? Right? We both, I don't remember who's, We both like that. You both yeah. like it? We both oh, like it, it. It's three that you guys disagree about. Yes. yes. I like three, he does not. Okay. Although most people like three, and I admit it's a much better movie than two. It's just there's no joy in it for me like there is in two. I think Part of the issue with two that separates most people is that it's not a Freddy movie. It's not a Nightmare on Elm Street movie. Why is that? It's, well, it's not Wes Craven. It doesn't pick up any characters from the original. Okay. Uh, It doesn't pick up any characters from the original. It gives us a different Freddy, different looking Freddy, uh, behavior-wise different. Um, makes it the protagonist basically the antagonist mm-hmm. through, I guess, mental possession or inner, yeah, inner desires coming out, whatever yeah. it is they want to do. That was interesting, yeah. Um, and then the whole, uh, I guess we'll get into it eventually, but the you know the the underlying commentary of of the story is different. So I'm going to ask you a real stupid question. Wes Craven is the director, right? From the first one, not this one. Right. Right. The first director. Okay. Yeah, who who directed this one? The second one? Some dude. I didn't know there was a test. Some dude. <laughs> <laughs> Some guy. I, I think maybe that was part of the problem. Yeah, I didn't like this. It doesn't this. have the charm. I didn't of, like of... this nearly as much as the first one. Like, not, like, I want to say, like, not at all, but so, maybe... So doing this back-to-back like Godfather actually worked because we got the same results. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but for different reasons, I think. Mm. Um, yeah, it was... I'm sorry to be a downer, but like it was just really poorly put together. Like There was, yeah, all kinds of stuff that just didn't make sense and like con- well, didn't make continuity sense? issues. Do you have notes? You don't have notes, do you? I do have notes. Okay. No. But like the last... The last yeah, we need a sound uh, soundbite for that. Notes. Notes. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, all kinds of like, I uh, I guess they're continuity issues, but like maybe just like crap that doesn't make sense. Well, let's talk it out. Let's talk it out. Uh, all right. So the last twenty minutes of the movie, like the most important part of the movie, um, I just stopped taking notes, and I was like, and my last note was just like the rest of the movie of. Oh. <laughs> 
<laughs> so I'll read. I'll Is go that, up to uh, that. Wait, hold on. Does that depends where that starts? That I can agree with you because I think all the refine all the uh, the boiler room shit with the girl going with Lisa going to the yeah the the uh, what do you call that's it? that's pretty much right. yeah like the, the party the party is dope that's my favorite part of the movie i'm sorry yeah i mean it's good shit but this whole love story beauty and the beast stuff it always bothered me like the i yeah. love you i love you lisa oh my god yeah i mean it's it's they're going they're going for something yeah and i'm surprised that like you know like i mean I was I was gonna say I'm surprised that like that shit worked and it wasn't just like Freddie playing a trick on this mm. chick who's like because it really wasn't Freddie you know he's just taking advantage of her you know like it's just Freddie tugging at her heartstrings so that he can you know get her screams well, and then it ends like the first Ghostbusters movie where he's like shipping himself <laughs> <Yeah>. out of <laughs> like marshmallow cream like smoke if you got him man I'll tell you. <laughs> My last note, after a lot of complaining, is that this is still my second favorite Nightmare on Elm Street movie, which just, I think, says more about the quality of the sequels than it does Mm. the quality of this particular movie. Although there are some really interesting things to mine in this movie. It's a goddamn dumpster fire from start to finish. Jack Shoulder? Oh, Jack Shoulder. Yeah, he did like Alone in the Dark. That explains a lot. That guy. Who's that? It almost sounds like a pseudonym. Like <laughs> one of those ones that multiple directors would adopt just so they wouldn't have to take credit for this garbage he, that we just watched. Although, yeah. The Hidden? Yeah. Wishmaster? Ooh, Wishmaster. See, that? that is the quality of filmmaking we're watching. Is Wishmaster quality Nightmare on Elm Street sequels. Hmm. But here's the thing. One thing that I will applaud this movie for is it quickly got made and was ready to, for market a year after the first one. Mm. That's a good thing. I mean, <laughs> it was there when the market needed it. I don't care how long a movie takes or how short. I'm mostly kidding. But imagine like, <laughs> oh God, dude, <laughs> I totally missed the point. It's, I'm like, that's something that you're It was successfully of? captured on 35 millimeter and delivered to theaters in time for Christmas. Uh, <laughs> it had audio and video. Uh, it met some bare minimums. <laughs> but it had audio and video. <laughs> let's just it's really interesting. And I think later on this year we're gonna talk about how the world being as it is, hindsight being 2020, we know now how franchises grow, and they're usually the Friday the thirteenth model. But even if you look back at the original Friday the thirteenth, when that movie ends, there isn't a clear path forward. Friday 2 establishes Jason, and from there, there, there is a path, right? We're going to just right. keep doing this over and over. But when Friday 1 ends, it could stop. It could go any direction, and we just haven't picked it yet. This movie, after the first one, what direction are we going to go with Freddy? After what we got with two, it became very clear that, oh God, we're just going to have to do Freddy one over and over and Mm. over and bigger and bigger and more goofy because the stuff we tried here just ain't working. Well, see what, what offends me on that is the ideas of this movie 
like George always says, the ideas are good, the execution yeah. is bad. Yep. Like I love the idea of him basically being an entity and possessing mentally possessing. I, I do too. I do too. I wonder why the heck he needs to do that. Well, in order to do that and make it cool, like, okay, this is cool, he needs to have a good reason to have to do that instead of just do what he does normally. Right. I they think never they, established... They approach it as more of like a haunting and not... Like, I know that later on in the series, they kind of discuss how he needs... Kind of like Monsters, Inc. He needs the fear. He needs the legacy of his of Fred Krueger to keep him alive like it's just like Santa Claus you have to believe in him and fear him to give him energy and power if you don't if he doesn't have that then he can't exist that's why in Freddy versus Jason he conjures Jason to bring fear into the town so that the fear of Freddy will kind of give him the energy so he can manifest it's a it's who theory. fears Santa Claus? Nobody, but you know, every Christmas movies are like, oh, you know, there's no Christmas spirit. We need to. There's no belief in Santa anymore, and then the sleigh doesn't fly, or this or that. Like, that's uh, always like a couple of people get get punished. Yeah, garbage punished. day occurs. <laughs> garbage day. <laughs> people get punished, but that's always the premise. <laughs> that like, even an elf, like right, people right, don't right, believe, right, right. and then they start. Singing yeah, carols you need and the Christmas spirit right, and stuff. Spirit. So with him, it's like if he if there's no fear of his legacy and his existence, then he doesn't exist. Yeah, and if you're not good, then you don't get any presents. Yeah, I don't know if he brings anything. He does wear a Christmas sweater, so. I mean, it is kind of germinated in the first one when Nancy inexplicably decides that the way to kill him is a thing she hasn't tried, which is to tell him that his power is no longer valid at her restaurant or whatever. Mm. Right. And then... This she one, asked him to please leave. They yeah, please really leave. like exposition force it right toward the end where the girls, you know, where all of a sudden he's just like taking all the power from all the kids. And she's like, oh, no, he's going to get all the power from all the kids. And it's like, how do you people, what book are y'all reading that I missed? Because this is not common knowledge that everybody suddenly knows. Like, oh, right, because he is a demon. He needs all the power. And now he's scaring all these people. And yeah, everybody's just like, are oh, yeah, this is the parties. Yeah. Yeah, I don't even think they thought that. It's mentioned out loud at one point, and you're just like, "Wait, what? Did we cover that before? Was it, you know, is this is this a My review or is this new information? Is, that should have been a massacre. That yes. scene, he if he would have unleashed on those kids, that's Freddy. He killed they like made one him too dude. Sensitive, yeah, he's too. And sensitive. even then, that guy might not be dead. He might just have a really, really uh, stitch filled <laughs> evening. Fire. Like, yeah, I think he's gone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and like even right before that. Um, what's the redhead's name? Lisa, the names Lisa. don't. The names don't matter. The redhead was like, "Oh, it's like your fear. He needs your screams. Mm. He needs right. your. He needs you to fear." Blah blah. blah. Wait, who she said it to? I remember. She is she talking to the dude? She's talking to Mark. What's his name in the movie? Jesse. Oh, um, Jesse. Yeah, Jesse. She's talking to him, and then like. Literally ten seconds later, he pops up from behind a coffee table, and he's Freddy Krueger. And she's like, "Ah!" Yeah, gives him ah, all the screams he needs. Ah, yeah. ah, ah, ah. It's the eighties. Ah. 
tropes, I don't know, man. man. I because don't know. tropes. And I'm like, yo, chill. Mm. For real. Other than that, she almost had like a a Nancy thing because she was strong other than that. Yeah. Like, I actually, she was a likable character, but that was like a director thing. I wasn't, mm. yeah, it's like, why put that in the movie? Like her being like, you know, the, all this, the screams and the fear and blah, 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 and like telling him like not to fear it and not to like, you know, whatever mm. and fight it, whatever. And then she's confronted with it. And, like, she totally crumbles immediately. Right. Like, no, like, make her, if she's strong, make her strong. Stand up. Like, why isn't this a consistent character? Be like, Sigourney Weaver. Right. Stare that shit in the face. Tilt your head and pull out the flamethrower. Yes. That's what You're right. Does. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But they weren't thinking that back then. They weren't thinking anything, Travis. That they had their the heads key. so far up their fucking asses I, that they made this movie. I think... This movie is the product of uh, studio involvement and a director who basically said, Wes Craven, who? Yeah. And he said, um, this is, this is going to be my, my take on the character. Which, to me, I thank him for, because it is my favorite Freddy. This one? This is my favorite Freddy. Oh, the character Freddy. Yes. Yeah. Like, when I think of the character and the story and his background. Like yeah. The opening scene, I wrote it down. I don't know if you noticed. The bus driver. Yeah. Was Robert England. Yes, I noticed. Out of makeup. Mm-hmm. Yep. That three seconds, you get so much from him. Just his face, his, his posture, mm-hmm. the way he closes the door. Mm-hmm. Like, you get so much from that. And to me, that's... That's the character. Yeah. Everything he's, every time he's on screen, it's perfect for me because that's who I think Freddy is. I, I agree. Like, I love the effects in this movie. I don't agree. I, I understand <laughs> oh, that. Go ahead. But the, the makeup is fucking. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Freddy's makeup. Yeah, totally. The makeup, the, tra- yeah. the transformation where Jesse basically heals from the outside and Freddy comes out. That's kind of flawless for 1984. Yeah. No? No. No. It look All right. We'll watch tur- Actually, it wasn't the it wasn't that effect when when like his, you know, gut opened up or his chest opened up and like Freddy came out like, you know what I mean? It wasn't that exact part. When he stepped part. out of the skin, it looked good. The it only was, time it looked it bad was, was the eyeball in the eye. The eyeball in the mouth. That's the only thing I didn't like. That looked terrible. And but before I think it was before the eyeball in the mouth or right after when like Freddy's face starts like coming out yeah, like his, cat, stretching his chest. stretching his skin or whatever. Um like the dummy that they're using looks so fake it's laughable fake. It's like on SNL when they throw someone out the window and it's and like obviously a dummy. A dummy. You know, like you can use a dummy and it still look good, but right. like in SNL they do it like so it's like it's obvious so it's, that it's, it's a dummy. It's That's what it looked like. For the I but, no, I, don't I'm just what I, listen care. to what I'm saying. No. Listen, <laughs> 1984, the budget probably maybe 1.5 mil, not a lot. Oh, they should have okay. more than that. The same year Terminator was made and came out. Jim Cameron, Stan Winston. F you money. Yeah. Their dummy 
Arnold when he's operating on his eye socket and his his uh putting the shades on in front of the mirror looks terrible. Mm. Ish. It does. When you watch uh. it, you there's there's no seamless. You can tell when that's a dummy and when it's not. Because yeah. the lighting's not right, the color on the skin is not right. Now this is Stan Winston, who I basically would marry would have married back then. Like he was my idol. I wanted to work for him. That's hot. I wanted to fly out to California and work for Stan Winston Studios. He was it. Him, Tom Savini, and the, the guy that did this movie, uh, Kevin Yeager, they, they were, and Rick Baker, like they, they were the top. Kevin Yeager used to work for Tom Savini, and he, this was like his first attempt to do makeup on his own. Right. This movie. It's not bad. Well, the makeup was good. Like, Freddy's well, face yeah. looked good. Freddy's skin looked good. Like, when he peeled his scalp off and he had no skull, just brains, yeah, that brain looked good. Like, you could see his heartbeat in his brain. Yeah, that like, looked good. Yeah. Flawless. Freddy was good. They yeah. spent they spent time and, I guess, time and, and you energy. You tell they and... ran out of money because the second transformation scene took place behind a desk. <laughs> 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 yeah, you're right. Yeah, like all of a sudden he pops out. Yes, uh, yeah. it's it it's clear to me that they didn't have Stan Winston money. <laughs> they didn't have so funny Jim Cameron money. They obviously didn't have Jim Cameron directing. But the effects of Terminator and the effects, not the special effects. Well, I'm not talking about like, and even the effects in Terminator were pretty hokey. Like the stop motion robot, eh. Today would not pass. Uh, the right. the dummy Arnold, terrible compared to just ten years later in T two. Uh, compared to uh, five three years earlier with American Werewolf. Maybe like, maybe I should watch Terminator and Terminator two. It's coming up. Okay, because you like always reference it. Like we always well, reference it. I've never seen it. T two is almost a near perfect movie. So to reference yeah. it, I said near perfect. I like the first one better, man. Yeah. Well, well, guess, we should put I that guess, on. Put I guess that we'll on debate the, uh, that. Yeah, put that on. But the believe me, I love schedule. them both. I love them both. But I Word. think the second one is more. Uh, it's action wise. Anyway, more, more we'll better. That move. It's more gooder. It's more gooder. Yeah. More gooder. Hi, more this is Dan in post. Post. Yeah. <laughs> 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 He's full of shit. All right, back to the show. Hey, so guys, if there's nothing wrong with the air conditioning, then why would the dad need to fix something? With the air conditioning. Okay, hold on. Let me get through my notes. And at some point, I decided just to start making a little note whenever something bothered me about the like the consistency in the movie. Let's okay. try to keep this show under three hours, George. Well, I mean, these are just, and a lot of them I didn't even bother, but some of them I, some of them I did. Okay, wakes up shirtless and sweating, and everything in his room is melting, and he gets up. Puts on a sweatsuit hmm. and goes down to the boiler room. <laughs> Did you ever have uh, chills? The the cold sweats. <laughs> yeah, but everything in my room didn't start melting when I had cold sweats. Again, I don't think the, it was cold sweats. This movie is like Total Recall. You don't know what's real and what's not. What's his dream and what's not. So and it's if, exhausting. If, it's exhausting. <laughs> so he runs. I think the whole movie's a dream, honestly. So he runs into his gym teacher at the gay bar or whatever that is, and bring and he brings him to school to work out. Mm -hmm. Punishment labs. Why? 
punish. Have laughs. you ever had nightmares or dreams? Do Th- they always was that a dream? Was this whole thing a dream? We don't know. Okay, this is all right. All right. Um, I don't want you to feel cognitive dissonance, George. This movie really sucks. Okay, good. Okay. Lunch table. Redhead is like, I wish you would talk to me. Bitch, he's been telling you everything. Hmm. He's He's been telling you everything. Mention, he's new to the town, and he's already got this four-year relationship with this girl. Yeah, but like, <laughs> didn't they go to like the factory already? They're talking about Freddy. Hmm. She's, he's talking about the, the dreams, and he thinks he's going crazy, and she's like, just talk to me at the lunch table. And it's like, he is talking to you. He has been. Hmm. I don't know. Yeah, and then the other one was like the whole feeding off your fear, and then like ten seconds later, she's screaming bloody murder. Um, why do the Rottweilers roar like tigers? The rot- the masked Rottweilers that don't attack you. The doll Rylers. Is that what that is? They have like doll faces. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, again, which tells me it's possibly. And then sequence. my next note: rest of the movie. Ugh. Mm. Yeah, I I agree with that. Also, are they supposed to be doing push-ups? Is that what they're doing <laughs> next to each other? Yeah. They kind of plank lazily. That's yeah. not like are they planking? Is it? Did like... you ever get punished in gym to do push-ups? I got and punished how... in football. Okay, in gym when you're told the the teacher really doesn't stand and watch you, so you just kind of pretend you're doing push-ups. I didn't have a problem with that because I have actually done that. They looked like they're struggling pretty good. Well, and if I you think notice, they were pretending to be doing push-ups without doing any for push-ups. For whatever reason, and maybe it's coincidental or maybe it's part of a a greater theme, both of them theme, seem to be uh, like pelvic thrusting the dirt together. Mm-hmm. If oh, you notice a, the a position. huge gay underlining tone in this movie. Yeah. Is there? Uh, yeah. No. I don't know. I mean... It, We'll get into it, but I don't know, it's cl- man. It's clear. It's, it's clear that's what they're doing. They're, it's, at times, they are trying, but it's so inconsistent that it's just, mm-hmm. it's it's interesting. Nothing that's where the cons- movie becomes rewatchable, though, because it is just so inconsistent <laughs> in theme. That- this is the kind of movie that I'm glad DVDs exist, because I can be like, oh, I, I, de- I definitely want to watch the pulse scene, or YouTube. I want to watch the pulse scene again. And I'll just the pop it in scene? just for the pool scene. Oh, again, the the water's boiling mm-hmm. in the pool, and everyone in it isn't dead. Well, some yeah, they were blistering. Or, they were blistering. Yeah, how long you can spend in boiling water until you die? I don't know. Again, was this a dream or not? I don't. I wrote my last note was this whole movie could be a dream or a nightmare. That is not an acceptable. It's not acceptable because, number one, they don't establish whether it is or not. It's also not acceptable because you don't just make a movie that is full of gibberish dreams <laughs> for no reason. If you make a movie that is completely a dream, it has to have some point. It had Fu Manchu's cereal. I mean, come on. That was dope. Fu Manchu's? I'll give you that. <laughs> That was a good choice. <laughs> Back in the day when they actually put items in the box that you could get as a prize? In the cereal. In the cereal. Oh, also, question. In the first one, did Freddy have blades that grew out of his fingers? Or no. Or was it always the glove? No, it was the glove. So the, the 
the growing out of the fingers blades was new. It's like in the Spider-Man movies where they were yeah. like, oh, in this version, he's got web that shoot out, shoots out of his wrist now. And people were no, like, I just think it was but he used to have shooter to, things. To show, are you talking about Freddy or when? when I don't know. Freddy Je- the or difference Jesse, is Je- Jesse was manifesting into Freddy so that he, I the get blades it. coming out of the fingers were like a transformation. Okay, but no, 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 The rest stop, of the stop, movie, stop. No, no, no. it's still fingernailed. Like, yeah, because it's not really Freddy. It's oh, Jesse. This no, movie blows. No, no, no. <laughs> no, because in the beginning, as the movie progresses, when he, when Jesse first starts being "quote unquote" possessed, <laughs> I love the guy that made us watch Silent Night Deadly Nights. It screams, it sucks. It is more consistent. <laughs> Silent Night Deadly Night makes more sense than this movie. You, you know, I hate to agree with you, Dan, but I agree with you. It's still not better. I agree. Movie. It's I cons- never it's more consistent than this than this movie. But mm. what the heck was I talking about? Oh, the finger thing. In the beginning, when I'm repeating myself. In the beginning, when he first starts being quote unquote possessed by Freddy, right? Right. He gets the glove. Right. From the furnace because it's there, which is cool. The and glove's he does, cool. He does wear it a few times. And he not wear- growing through. He wears right. it. And he finds himself wearing it, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden it like appears on his hand, mm-hmm. and like it's in his drawer, and it's like moving. All those things are really cool. And then he like does this like where like werewolf meets Wolverine, mm-hmm. and it grows out of his fingers. And I'm like, why? I think that's that's a poor director's. Why? It's a poor director's inability to nail down a way to differentiate what's in real life and what is dream. I'm telling you, it, it's a failure of the director who was not able to visually convey to the the design team and the special VX team and maybe, maybe his producers and his actors and himself. We want to have a story where we don't know what's reality and what's not. We can kind of establish what's reality by showing him holding the glove, showing him wearing the glove, but then there's scenes where he's got latex skin with the blades. That's clearly not really there. Just like at the, are people seeing Jesse at the party or are they seeing Freddy? Like they don't, they don't know how to establish that. So it looks wonky because they're not, their idea is this kid is, it's an inward possession. He's, he's possessed by this entity that is using him as a vehicle. They, yeah. instead of showing Jesse as Freddy, which would be a Tommy Jason thing, yeah, they do it more like Jason goes to hell where it's like a, you know, when Jason would walk past the mirror, it was Jason in the mirror, even though it was, you know, the waitress. Oh, was, speaking of mirrors, when I, the, the mirror scene, when Freddy's in the mirror, yeah, and it's it's him on the other like mm-hmm. it's just regular Jesse. I didn't realize that was a mirror. I thought it was like another room. Mm. I thought it was like a bathroom or something. I think that, that like, means was, it worked. He was standing in the other room until he threw the th- yeah. So and until he it. threw the right. thing and he broke the, the the mirror and it's like, holy crap, that's a mirror, and that's cool. Yeah, I I honestly think this movie would be better if they had. A director that knew what he was doing. 
yeah. because the it's in the story. There's there's a flip flop. Did the guy have a an agenda that he was trying to do other things where he concentrated more on that than on the story? I don't know because there's a whole lot of underlying tones in this movie. The writer denied it for years and then finally confirmed it. The director still denies that it's there. The actors were not, or some of them are wishy-washy on the information. Okay, but seriously, is giving air conditioning an injection of Freon fixing it? Because if it is, then that why did that dad lie to the family and say that there was nothing wrong with the air conditioner? Are you with me? I'm hung up on this fact. I don't know, but you're hung up on Pasadena walls, so I'm not really sure. No, well, what, what are you? The problem hold on, what is, are you, I, was it in their head? What I don't are you know. trying to say, Dan? I just think it's ridiculous that dialogue is like, "There's nothing wrong with the air conditioner. I just need to fix it." Yeah, why is the? I can tell you exactly what it is. Why is the air conditioner even an issue? It's 1980. Why is everybody else in the house feeling how hot it is? It should just be the dude who's possessed, and everyone thinks he's crazy, right? Because he is. Because you can't get the stereotypical, what is it, uh, what's the word? Um, and then the bird explodes. Why the hell? Oh my God, the birds explode. Why? Again, reality or not, we don't know. They the all it's obviously it. not reality. Well, Everybody saw it. We had third-party verification. Right, but the we toaster, don't know The toaster was not plugged in. I'm, I'm, what I'm saying is, again, poor director uh, might no. be saying that all four people in that house are experiencing these things that aren't really happening. Uh. Travis, I'm pretty sure that Toaster was not plugged in uh, on purpose because we were seeing that this part of the movie was actually from the perspective of the mother, not from the... <laughs> it's a perfect yeah, movie. No, there are I, no I'm mistakes. Not saying, I'm not saying... That this movie needed some listen. light switches. This movie needed some light switches and some furniture. Listen, don't, don't, <laughs> don't do the Dan and Post shit. What I'm saying is... This is Dan and right pol- now. <laughs> unlike Poltergeist... Where your argument was... That's what I'm thinking right now, right. Poltergeist. The third-party verification With this, stuff. I'm saying the, the bird thing, the house boiling, all that shit wasn't really happening. They were all experiencing that house. The problem is the director didn't know what the fuck he was doing. That wasn't really happening. None of that was happening. Or so what if you, it was happening and the director is perfect and he doesn't make mistakes? He's not. Uh, uh, no, I'm talking about Kubrick here. I am. You know, it's funny. I had a thought about Kubrick. I know you are because you don't believe in the thing that we said. Or you know, I already talked to Dan and Post, and he said that I was an asshole. Uh, <laughs> uh, what's, I was a uh, was it? oh bullshit. I was giving a lot of bullshit. So shoveling for about the, the Stanley shoveling. Stanley the, Kubrick, the Wendy theory. Yeah, dude, that Wendy theory is awesome, and it's and it's true. So also, I'm not <laughs> applying that to this movie. <laughs> but let me tell you about my Kubrick. I was there was a shot. Where like uh, the camera goes like around the room through the house kind of, and the door is red. Stop. I'm I'm not even shitting you. I'm not fucking with you. I swear to God. The door is red, and I think, oh, if this was a Kubrick movie, that would mean something. Yeah, it doesn't mean anything. In this no, movie. it doesn't. No. <laughs> it might be an homage to the front door of the original movie, but I don't know. I don't it's even, the same door. I don't even see the director doing that much research. Like, I don't think he gave a shit about the original movie. He just wanted to make a a Freddy movie. And so then you, so then own. you agree with me and Dan. What the movie's terrible. It, it's <laughs> it's not terrible for me. 
All right. But then again, it's uh, it, you guys are watching it differently than I did. Mm. Yeah, we watched it. we watched it. <laughs> no, I watched it as a kid. Like it, but I mean, like yeah, we're just we're watching coming it. coming from the guy who told me there's no bias here. We're just Friday watching 13th it unbiased. Part eight was his favorite right, because he saw it when he was a kid. No, it's right, definitely not just, my favorite, but it is my hold first. on. Let's just let's just agree that both Travis and Dan like some shitty movies. I like a this, lot of this shitty movies. This one Travis likes. This one included. This one Travis likes. And Dan likes uh, anything made in Italy in the 70s. So, <laughs> you know, there you go. We can like shitty movies. It's fine. It's the it's the <laughs> snide smirk. Uh, oh, you like a shitty movie, so we're going to shit on your liking the shitty movie. No one's shitting on... Well, yeah. Yeah. But it's like... If all right, next time Dan likes a shitty movie, we should shit on him more. That's all. I don't know. If you go back to Silent Night, comma Deadly Night, y'all oh were full bowel on that movie. <laughs> I like you like eight extra ahead of time just to have more to shit on that movie. I guess that's true. <laughs> I, I had potatoes, <laughs> gnocchi. I had some gnocchi. Oh god. <laughs> so my favorite line in the entire movie. <laughs> it did have. Vintage Star Wars toys in it. So, my favorite line in the entire movie because True. the setting and the delivery could be taken out of like Freaks and Geeks, like a good show with a good parent. The dad says to him, "What are you taking, son? True. And where are you getting it? Yeah. And who is giving it to you? I think. <sighs> or where are you getting it? Where you know, are you getting it? It's what's like, funny? Oh no! That a lot of the problems that Dan's having, or at least expressing, is the dialogue and the script writing for the parents yeah and And it was purposely done according to most to drive home the homophobic parents who basically don't want their child to come out which is the underlying tone of this movie is that what it is i didn't get that from the parents that's the underlying tone of this movie man his the whole thing is jesse's struggle with his homosexuality and his parents are like the stereotypical uh, uh, rural or suburban I don't parents know. that are like, oh, you can basically pray away your your problems. Pray away the gay? Yeah. It, like the dad is like super, uh, jumps right to, you know, I'll, I'll beat the shit out of him and he'll change. You know, what do you Dude, want, drugs? Like he's like the, the stereotypical dad, dad. The dad is not even stereotypical. He's just... That's all. Right. He just But he's purposely that way. Like the mom yes. is very inclusive. Like she's like, you know Well, I don't know if the I don't know if he's if he's purposely that way. Um like if you if watch the character movie was with written the commentary. That way, okay. If the yeah, if the character was written that way, then the actor did a really good job. Because he's a a ginormous turd. There's a movie called The Breakfast Club. I don't know if you know about it. Never heard of it. Okay. Just kidding. I've heard Emilio of it. Emilio Estevez, his character had a dad like this. Okay. He's the, you know, win, masculine, do all the things that are manly kind of dad. Well, this guy was a turd. Right. That was their version of- Could even move a stove. Trying to show- himself. God, he lost a fight with a stove. For real. And a- and well, a, he got bit by a bird, too. And the hood. He, he got a good- and he had a, 
Ew, I'm not saying this guy's a tough guy. You wore I'm a Band-Aid for the next three days, Travis. <laughs> I'm not saying he is that dad. What I'm saying <laughs> I'm is they're in the 80s, they're stereotypical fathers. They're stereotyping this guy, yes. There's the dad that does this. He's like, win, win, win. There's a dad that's like, pray away, you're gay. Pray this away. You know, this mm-hmm. dad is that dad where he's like, I'm, first thing he goes to, oh, you're on drugs? Mm-hmm. What are you on, dope? You know, right. he's just like uh, the word cleaver. Like he's just not. Yeah, he's not a good influence on his son, who's obviously struggling with something. Yes, when you watch it with that undertone that this kid is struggling with his sexuality, and his parents accepting his behavior and coming out of his skin and being seduced by a man, like there's all these things that are there in this movie. That doesn't make it any, doesn't make it good. What right. I'm saying is that there's a, they tried to do something in the 80s, which was kind of not um, attempted too much. Even though you had like Boy George and you had like all these, these people that were comfortable with their sexuality and they were out and about and they were doing their thing and they were okay. popular. Yeah. There still was people in the closet. There was a lot of people in the closet. So with this, uh, this, commentary this underlying tone of this movie between the teacher uh going to the the gay clubs yeah uh he gets assaulted by balls he gets hit by balls so many balls wow. uh, yeah there's snm stuff there with the jump ropes uh he's like there's a lot there his his sexual tension with his friend who's Jesse's sexual tension with the guy he was doing push-ups with. Oh, with like Grady. The whole movie. Yeah. Grady. There's a lot of sexual tension between them. I need to stay in your room tonight. Yeah. Mm. And then he's like, uh, you know, it's happening again. And he's like, you have this girl who wants to be with you and you want to sleep with me. Like, he, all these things he's saying, there's a lot of undertones in this movie that scream that this character is trying to, to escape whatever it is that he is within. Okay. Did you catch that, George? Now that I understand all of this. No, I didn't catch that when I watched it. I just thought the whole thing was weird. The whole movie was just being weird for no reason. Um, But now that I know that there was a message there, I like the movie even less. less. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know it was possible. Right. Right. But now that And I'm not saying that makes it good or bad. I'm just saying, like, if if a director or a writer has a vision, it has to make it worse, though. If that was the message it does, and it, it didn't come across, yeah, and it also makes it worse when you take a character like Freddy Krueger and you try to <laughs> tell the story of a kid coming out of the closet. Yeah, like it's it doesn't fit because Freddy Krueger is not only a child murderer, but he's lots of poor decisions. Yeah. I really want to see all the draft scripts for this movie, and granted. Mm. With such Me a quick too. turnaround, there were probably three. Okay, the first one was probably called I'm Coming Out and My Dad Doesn't Like It. And then the <laughs> second one was like, oh shit, we need another Freddy movie. Scratch, scratch, scratch. Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2, Freddy's Revenge. Right. But, man, this no, movie no, is a... The second script was, was Nightmare on Elm Street. Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2. I'm gay and my dad doesn't like that. And then part and then the third 
script was Freddy's Revenge. Right. Now, this this undertone is very embraced by a lot of people. Like, this is actually considered a gay movie in some communities. Okay. So it's like, it's not me saying, oh, I think this happened. Like, I know that this has been talked about for um, over a decade. I believe you. This yeah. is not the Wendy theory. Dan, so you, Dan you agree, right? Here's, this some, is... here's some background for you, George. Uh, Mark Patton, the guy that played Jesse, is from Riverside, Missouri, right outside of where I grew up. Oh, uh, yeah. We'd be like neighbors. Uh, it's like the Voorhees to my Haddonfield, if you will. Oh, okay. Nice. Uh, here's the thing. This movie destroyed his career. Mm. And there's mm. a really interesting documentary out there called Scream Queen about his struggles in the 80s trying to get outside the shadow of this role and try to still play straight characters, even though obviously the actor is gay. Right. I mean, it's... But ugh. he really wasn't a good actor in this movie, so that might be also the reason Nobody why Nobody was a career. good actor in this movie, he, but... He was okay. He was a little overdramatic. Well, but, you know, when you're directed by again, Jack Shoulder, right. you yeah. know, king, oh, of, uh, <laughs> king of nuance, Jack Shoulder... <laughs> Like, I don't know, man. Yeah, King not, of nuance. If I'm anything, sure if there there's were, multiple reasons why he didn't get work. After if there movie. was one scene in particular that really impressed me with Mark's acting, it's when he's making out with the redhead. Because mm. he, he's making out with the redhead in a convincing way. Like, he's doing the thing, right? He's putting yeah. in the work. He's if got you, I was, was going to say that, though. If you just saw that clip, you'd be like, oh, hey, he's making out with that girl. Cool. Right, but what... What Travis was just saying a minute ago about like him being gay and there's this thing that his dad doesn't want to like that he can't tell his parents about and blah 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 and this and the other thing and I'm like I don't know he was making out with that girl pretty you know like he seemed pretty into it you know well and the thing that fails in this movie is there is a consistent well there's a consistent lack of consistency with regard to theme. And so for parts of the movie, you will have these successful bits where they're just like, okay, clearly he has something that wants to come out, right? The, mm-hmm. the, the blossoming is clearly being held back for different reasons. And you got the parents involved in Grady and you got all these things that actually kind of work. You've got the coach and the balls and the S&M shower butt part that doesn't work, but like it's still consistent with the theme, right? Like, oh, okay, I thought that worked. Like, I'm sure. You know, you're trying to get a character from the point of closet to the point of out of the closet. Those, they're working on some level and they're consistent in theme. But then you have Freddy Krueger, child murderer, potential child, mm-hmm. other things involved in this. And it screws up the whole thing because now you've got Freddy trying to come out of this guy. Yeah. So you're like, is he not gay? But he's actually, he's he's got a child murderer coming out of him. Like, why is he in his sister's room at one point? Like, it, what it does is it tries at times to do a thing, but then because it's so inconsistent, it actually makes it so much more toxic and bad that mm. it goes from, like, a potentially even positive gay community story to, like, anti-gay in a hard way. It's really bad. Yeah, it's, it's a struggle. It's really bad. Yeah, they're trying to, they're trying to push the, uh, the coming out of the closet thing, but they're also not successful in making it a good thing. Right. Well, like it's, you wouldn't it's even, suppressing. you don't have to have a judgment. You know, it's the eighties. Like you don't have to have a judgment right. attached to the coming out of the closet thing, or even the homosexual lifestyle or any of these things. But for them to conflate, uh, I mean, people still conflate these things, but uh, luckily nowadays society on the whole is seeing that as 
a toxic thing you shouldn't do, but to conflate Freddy Krueger behavior with burgeoning homosexuality mm-hmm. is really bad. Like, I don't yeah. think this movie gets enough credit for how bad it is on a toxic level, even though right. it's probably at times trying to do good, you know, trying to get a story across in some manner that isn't supposed to be toxic, but backs into the most toxic ways that it could. <laughs> well, the, the thing, I think the it. problem is they're looking at statistics and stuff and they're saying, okay, where could we reach an audience with something like this that will, A, the budgets are low and we might not be risking a lot. You know, horror movies are the place to be because people go consistently see horror movies and they, they've consistently had underlying tones and stuff and people have accepted it in that genre. Uh, I'm sure Dan knows the movie I'm thinking of with a certain camp. Uh, there's just certain things that happen. I don't know at all what you're talking about. You're being too vague. The movie you want want us to watch. Oh, the movie that when I was watching this movie, I thought, damn, we're watching this and we can't watch Cruising? No. No, Sleepaway Camp. Oh, Sleepaway Camp. Oh, I wanted to watch Cruising. Yeah, there's there's stuff in that movie that are, are undertone and in your face, and it's like stuff in that movie that they're trying to say might not go mainstream. It might not work in a drama. Horror movies, sometimes you can get away with a lot more because they're not spending a lot of money, they're not risking a lot of money, and the characters can allow for certain things to be done. Yeah, so the studio's just like, yeah, it's only a million dollars. Yeah, make the character gay. What do I care? Right. So it's like with this, I don't even know if everybody was in on the idea. I don't know if it was just in the script or if it was the director was like, yeah, we should do this. Or I, yeah, But visually, the stuff is there. There's a lot there. It just suffers from poor execution. And if you think of the 80s, yeah. you know, you have the whole AIDS thing going on and, and they're growing I don't see, up in the 80s. I don't think it even just suffers from poor execution. Like, because you can have, like, Whenever I say that, usually with the execution, it's it's really because there was an idea that's good, mm-hmm. or a theme that's good, or like a plot that's good, and it just wasn't done well. In this movie, there were like there were actually like glimmers of things that were done well, mm-hmm. but they didn't have anything to do with the plot or the story. Right? They were like just you visual. know like Freddy Krueger's makeup. Right. His, you know, his brain after he pulled his scalp off, like that, like that kind of stuff. There was some stuff in there that was really cool and really good. And like, and visually so, like the mirror scene. Mm-hmm. Awesome. But like, there was also a lot of stuff that, that was also not done well visually. And there was nothing done well storytelling wise. Right. And there was nothing, and, well, and I don't think that there was any vision, consistent vision, to be executed well. Mm-hmm. So the thing just just was, you know, never got off the ground, yeah. you know, because it There's didn't it didn't have roots. Movie, it just didn't have roots. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. So again, the the thirteen year old Travis that saw this movie loved it. I could see that because it was freaking cool. Yeah. The 25-year-old Travis, if he saw it for the first time, probably would have been like, yeah, it's kind of corny. But Freddie looked cool. And so I mean, I, the, the dance I scene it. while he's unpacking is 
Yeah, maybe the so best gay. scene in cinematic <laughs> history. Yeah, it's, is it it's, gay it's, though? I mean, what what's no? Like, it's a ero- homoerotic, I guess you would. Call I don't. It. It's just a how is embarrassing as hell, man. He's homoerotic because he's he's stroking the stick. He's it's his stick, it. man. Yeah, but it's his. All right, so that's it's, the insinuation. It's ero- I thought it's, it's homoerotic because of all the other stuff you know about the movie. It would be erotic. I don't know that yet. Well, no, but what I'm saying is in the whole, when you watch the whole movie and you see all the innuendo and all the suggestion and all that, it, there's a lot of of homosexual imagery and story in this movie. All I thought was that was a really dope vintage Phillies hat. That's okay. all I thought. That's wonderful. I saw somebody. And then I was like, oh, that's funny. The thing went pop. Yeah. It's super cringe, but like at the same time, it's, you know, what the what the hell and did they, I just watch? They, lighten, but, they okay. lighten it by him getting caught dancing, and it's his girlfriend. And she's just kind of like, you know, what's and it's like jock it. She's like, where do you want this? Like to me, it kind of played in that mentality or that commentary that he's he's going. He wants to be himself, but he's still hiding it from other people. That's the way I looked at it. Like as soon as he's caught, he knows it's strange to be dancing with a stick in his crotch and and doing whatever it is, whether it was. Erotic, homoerotic, sexual, non-sexual, whatever it was, he was hiding it. Mm. Because as soon as he, as soon as they showed up in that room, he was ashamed of his behavior. Even though the whole movie is about him, his inside coming out. He's Mm. coming out Mm. of whatever it is. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Also, I just thought I just thought of another problem. With the movie. Just a little thing. When the Jesse's thing. in uh no. Mm-hmm. When Jesse's in the the other dude's bedroom. Grady. Grady, yeah. And he's like he's like, There's something that's like it's getting inside of me and he's like, You got a chick that wants to get inside yeah. you. It's like what the f- Hey, that that's is not just, how sex works. That is progressive <laughs> is what that is. Yeah. But in the eighties, that's 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 funny how, because obviously <laughs> vulgarity and everything was a lot bigger back then. Like people were less aware, less afraid of offending, and saying things that are in their head and shouldn't be out. Yeah. Back then, that was basically life. So him saying that is super icky and wrong anatomically. But you guys are so close-minded. They were going for <laughs> they were going for the reveal of him saying you want to sleep with me, that they totally negated the how stupid the first part of that sentence sounded they when he totally, said you have a girl who wants to get inside you. Which, they whiffed, or they muffed. No, I'm just playing. No, no huh. they whiffed on that. It was terrible. No, or, it's bad. guys, you got to remember that this movie is nine years after the opening of Misty Beethoven, so maybe they were right on the line, and you guys just need to catch up. Well, and so it's, it's when, how many years after so Rocky Horror? you're saying, Dan, that when Grady said that line, you've got a girl that wants to be inside you. He was talking about himself? <laughs> he was talking about, I can only assume that the way you interpreted that statement was, your girlfriend wants to stick her finger in your butt. Well, no, I'm mo- I'm mostly just giving them a pass where obviously they fucked up a line, but no. Yeah. Uh, okay. Good. Good. But <laughs> I mean, guys, if you're not moving on, if you're not, uh, I mean, are we gonna get into pegging on this show? I mean, we made it 
53 episodes without talking about it. I guess it's about time. Okay. Pegging? Pegging. <laughs> Is that like docking? <laughs> Docking? I'll let you guys about... do that research on your own what time. Is, I'm not looking at it. What's pegging? Uh, I'll just Urban <laughs> Dictionary real quick. It's no big deal. Does that have to do with like Al Bundy? <laughs> I mean, I don't know what Peg. Al Bundy's up to. So. Uh, I, d- I know what docking is. And if it's anything like docking, then I don't want to see it. Docking? Yeah. I'm not going to watch it. I'm just going to look it up on Urban <laughs> Dictionary. <laughs> <laughs> Or maybe I'll watch it later. No, actually. What's funny is... Am I going to read the definition on our podcast? I'll probably end up cutting this whole part out, but I Depends mean... Depends on pretty, what it says. It might be fun. If you if you make me laugh, I might leave it in. Uh, what is it called? Pegging? Pegging. Pegging. <clears throat> oh. That's... Okay. That's yeah. what you thought. That's... Uh, yeah. I mean, you could interpret it that way if you were trying to justify the okay yeah no okay i didn't think that because okay the definition of pegging pegging is when a woman fucks a guy with a strap on okay so since we got that out of the way oh i'm I'm glad you cleaned it up for the kids (laughs) yeah (laughs) so we got that out of the way um the the line was she wants to be inside of you and you want to sleep here with a strap on is not right is not a part of her. Well, who's to say she's a she? Oh my God. <laughs> you just blew my mind. Never mind. This movie's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I mean, you know, from a Kubrickian standpoint, where yeah, nothing is right. a mistake, then that must no, be what No, this they movie's had. perfect. And right yeah. when he said that, the light switch moved. I I am mistaken for having not liked this movie at first. It's a masterpiece. I mean, this movie is basically The Shining 2 also, right? Probably, yeah. What's funny is this: if if that's their agenda in this movie, or the the underlying tone of the writer to get these things out there, uh, you know, they were doing this kind of stuff in Rocky Horror like ten years prior or eight years prior. So it's like, Travis, you keep making points. You keep making points that detract from the movie. Why? Every point that you're making is tearing the movie down a little bit more. Is it? Yes. What, why? I don't know why. I don't know what you're talking I about. agree with you. <laughs> I I agree with you, but like you sit you're sitting here and you're like giving me reasons to not like this movie, but then also being like, but I love this movie. No, I don't love this 13 movie. 13-year-old me love this movie. I, uh, mm. Let's check the tape from last week when you were like, oh, I brought you my copy. Oh, I better take that home because I need a copy because I love this movie. I do love this movie, but I don't love it like like you uh, you love. I don't love it because it's a good movie. I love it because of it's my, you fav- love it, it's but my you, favorite Freddy. You love it, but you wouldn't marry it. I would not marry it. I wouldn't even date it. I, I just looked I at did, it once I did like I did like the Freddy, too. It's my now, favorite Freddy. Here's Freddy the thing good. about Freddy, guys. I mean, I expected, because I hadn't watched this in a while, I expected the taunting Freddy, because he kept talking about taunting Freddy and loving this mm. Freddy the most. Dude didn't taunt anybody. I checked it. It was no. 67 minutes in before he smirked at somebody. I was just like, which movie which has a like taunting it. Freddy? Like, I this don't like is, taunting Freddy. Which Freddy do you like? You like smirking at 67 minutes, Freddy? I like... Badass Freddy, that's not making jokes all the time. I like demonic Freddy, like like entity Freddy. I'm a fan of that. Yeah, like, I, I like it too. 
I just don't know if there's enough of it in here for me to even qualify this as like Entity Freddy. Because for every 30 seconds of good Freddy, you've got 45 seconds of, I love you, whatever, Freddy. And it's just like, what the (sighs) hell? Like I said, there there were short, small, little bits in this movie that were good. Like there were, you know, like Mm -hmm. I said, the fr- there were there were Freddy parts. There were bits, small, tiny bits that were good, but there was okay. no roots, so it just went to shit. Hey, but nineteen eighty five is a mo. <clears throat> there was new Coke all over the place. Did you catch that? Are you aware new, of new Coke, George? New Coke. New Coke. No. Okay, so in eighty five, Coke was like, hey. Pepsi's catching up on our market share. We're going to debut a new version of Coca-Cola. We're going to call it New Coke. (laughs) It was sweet, 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 and it did not go over well. And that's why all your Coke cans now say Coca-Cola Classic, because they Mm. want you to know you're not drinking that new horrible stuff, but you're drinking the good stuff. Now, there was different Coke in this movie? Yeah. Those cokes. Yeah, it was all in the director's nose. It's like right on the front of the camera too. Like they, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, but no, they, they. It's very. There's a lot of product placement in this movie from Coke, who's trying to get their new product launched that year. Uh, yeah. So a little Coke history for you, uh, George. If you know anyone who drinks Diet Coke, uh-huh. uh huh. That is the diet version of New Coke. Mm. There was a diet version Ooh. of Coca Cola, a classic, but it was known. Back to the Future fans. As Tab. Yes. As tab. Pepsi Free. <laughs> you got to pay for it. Yeah. So, yeah, Tab <laughs> is now known as Coke Zero Sugar. For a while, it was known as Coke Zero. Yes. But that is Tab. That is Coca Cola Classic with no sugar. But mm. Diet Coke is new Coke without sugar, and it endures as a brand. People love that stuff. Hmm. Hey, so you guys want to know how I'd fix this movie? Wait, can I mention that Quato was the gym teacher? Quato? <laughs> Quato from uh, Total Recall. Remember the remember the body that was growing out of the other guy's body? Yes. So the guy carrying around Quato? Yes. Was the gym teacher. And that's why yeah. he had to be facing the wall when he got killed cuz you right, would have seen Quato. And that's not attractive. If he had turned around, right. it would have been confusing <laughs> to the plot line. Right. It was a fun bit. I mean, he's, I know he's not from Jala movies, but I figured I'd it was, mention it. It was, uh, yeah, <laughs> it was uh, very progressive for them to have selected an actor with another actor in his abdomen <laughs> for this role. Right. That was, <laughs> you know, I think they took a risk there. They did take a risk. So here's how you fix this movie. This is the Dan fixes it portion. Guys, I, I've, I've cracked no, no, the you code. You fix things in post. Here's how you fix it. Uh, here's how you fix it. So, all you have to do... I did. You have to stop the BS of the transformation. Mm-hmm. Freddy has to stay in the dream world. Mm-hmm. And then you have to have a bunch of dead bodies show up and blame it on the kid. Mm. Boom. Okay. That's a better movie. And then here's what you do. Here's how you fix it, right? So you've got, in this case, let's call it, let's just say it's Jesse, right? Jesse, because in this movie, he's clearly involved in some of these kills. Jesse's straight up killing guys. 
but he's also seeing Freddy in his dreams and he thinks that Freddy's doing it, but really it's him the whole time, maybe. When the police find him, find Jesse, they realize he's just a kid obsessed with Freddy Krueger. Okay? But then, on the nightly news, as your little, like, stinger at the end, right? The local news at 10 o'clock is reporting on the, the capture or the, you know, Retrieval of the body of Jesse, who was obsessed with Freddy Krueger. And Freddy, you'll remember, is the child killer, blah, 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 right? And then a little mm-hmm. kid hears that news report, goes to and bed, and then hears Freddy's laugh. Boom! Mm-hmm. In the movie. Yeah. Now Freddy's got power again. Freddy's back. Okay. I love that. I love that. But also, it's the same as the first one. Until the very end. No, because you're not you're you're along for the ride. You know that Jesse's basically the Tommy Jason. He's doing the work. He, it's not Freddy. It's yes. So it's different than the original because Nancy didn't run around killing people. No, in Dan's fixed version, right? It's just a copycat. No, it, well, it, Freddy is. It's Freddy. Freddy is literally in the mind of Jesse, right. who's doing the killing. So right. it's like He's just a. Obsessed with him. It's like no, mental wait, wait, illness, wait, wait. Which, but it is. Which, which version of the movie are we talking about? Your fixed version? Uh, fixed version. In my fixed version, Jesse is essentially a mentally ill person committing murders. But okay. In his mind, he's doing it because of Freddy Krueger. And so, as the audience, the game is is Freddy possessing Jesse or is Jesse crazy and channeling that crazy through the image of Freddy Krueger. But then when you get to the stinger ending, it becomes clear that Freddy was there the whole time, and then it's actually a supernatural movie. Okay, yeah, I like that. Let's do it. Copyright remedial film class. Call um, Kevin Smith. Let's do it. Kevin Smith's got his own shit going on right now. He's making Clerks 3, and I couldn't be happier. (laughs) He's also destroying He-Man for us fans. I heard it was well-received by everyone else except for people that watched a lot of He-Man when they were four. Uh, yeah. It's it's falling under the same uh, category as Star Wars fans. They're just like, why, why, why bring back a classic just to kill it? I don't know, man. It made a lot of money at the box office, Star Wars, and you're the only person I've ever heard say that. So That's not true. It is, but Isn't I don't it? talk to anybody about Star Wars because Star Wars movies are dumb. No, what I'm saying is pe- people, are, people, are, people are angry because they had all the original cast come back, but none of them did scenes together. They didn't all do scenes together. You had that opportunity. You had this chance, and you didn't do it. And then one person died in real life. You killed another one of the characters, so you're never going to get them together again. So people had a problem with that. That's really Not sad that. if Kevin Smith is doing that because it's an animated show, and they could have ch- never mind. Hey, uh, <laughs> you're really impossible sometimes. Hey, uh, he, he killed He-Man in the first episode. Oh, really? Well, that's pretty ballsy. Yeah, so people are like, wow. Wow. I'm sure he'll come back, though. No. Uh, I've Teal, seen a Teal, lot of Slasher Teal movies. Teal is the new He-Man. Those guys all come back. Teal is the new He-Man. I don't know who any of these characters are because I was, I was a baby when that show was on TV. Yeah. Hey, Me speaking neither. of when I was a baby and before George was born, a few episodes ago, we uh, this was early in the run, we noticed that George, some of your '80s and '90s history isn't the strongest chronologically. Are we going to play stump the millennial? No, but I'm going to just throw some dates at you just to give you an idea of the context in which they actually made this movie we just watched. 
Okay. Okay, so this movie is made between June 26th and the middle of August 1985. The last movie had come out in like November of 84. Okay. So turnaround time (laughs) from script to screen, way less than a year, Uh, which is why I would suggest that there was probably a different movie that got like Jason Goes to Held into this, Mm. you know, because Jason Goes to Hell was a different movie. And then they're like, okay. oh, shit, we got to put Jason in here. Here's two scenes with, uh, you know, a, a lake in the background. Now it's a Jason movie. So they're making the movie in June of 85. Now, in January of 1985, so a few months before, the CDC, for the first time, confirms that, a- uh, that AIDS is caused by a new virus. So, George, okay. AIDS has been killing people in America for three and a half, four years. And it okay. is just January of 85 when finally the CDC confirms, oh, hey, there's a new virus. I don't even know if it's called HIV at this point. Mm-mm. Like, that's how, like, we're early in the process in terms of getting to where we are by the end of the 80s, but we are three and a half years in. Like, it's taken a long time for people to pay attention Was Was to this three and a half, four years of people just blaming it on the gays? Oh, man. Uh, yeah, it, it was okay. claimed on a lot of things. Yeah. It was originally referred to as grid gay related immune deficiency. Whoa. Yeah. It's really, really? bad. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, I did not know that. No, before, it's really bad. Before blood transfusions, it was pre- predominantly affecting gay men. The outbreak. And, yeah. The outbreak was yeah. localized to gay communities. Right. So, right. Uh, yes. So here's the thing. March, progressed. March of 85 they have their first available commercial test to test for HIV. And then in July of 85, so while they are shooting this movie, an actor you've never heard of named Rock Hudson, who was a, mm. a lady killer back in the 50s in terms of like a okay. leading man. You know, like a... Just a hot... Every just a, woman loved him. A hot... A guy that every woman watching movies would have a crush on Rock Hudson, right? He was a Channing Tatum of his day, kind of. Mm-hmm. Comes out, I don't even know if he was officially out as gay at that point. I don't know. I don't know enough of his history, but he comes out in July of 85 and says he has AIDS. And he's like the big first celebrity to come out and say, hey, I've got this thing, this thing that we don't know anything about. And we just found out is a new virus. George, he is dead by October 2nd. So he comes out while they're making the movie. He's dead before the movie comes out. And on the backdrop of that period of the crisis, this movie comes out. So, I mean, like, you have to think, like, while they're on set, changes being made on the fly have to know what world they're in, right? Just like Godfather 2, we got to do this thing. What are we going to do? Let's throw an abortion in there because it's 1973 and that's where our mind is at. So AIDS has to be playing a, a role in some of these decisions. I don't know because I don't have the early draft scripts when the, you know, the burgeoning homosexuality coming out of the closet stuff, when that is in the script, is it, was it there first before it was Freddie or was it added later because of where they were going with the movie? I don't have enough information and nobody cops to it. You know, we'd have to find somebody that has access to scripts. The, The script writer finally like recently said that it was purposely done. Oh, I mean, it has to be They were denying it forever. It's, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you know. It's a horrible time. Like, and that's one of the reasons that, like, 
Cruising is so interesting, which we're, I guess we're never going to cover because y'all don't want to watch it. But it, it, I mean, George, Al Pacino investigating a murderer in like gay leather clubs in New York in 1980. So before mm. AIDS. Okay. Right before AIDS. I mean, it'd be like if you had a movie Why? with Why like, are... just imagine if you had a movie with a, like a, a murderer at a party in the World Trade Center in August of 2001, right? Like you just couldn't have made a more perfect, scary movie right on the cusp of a historical mm. change. It's right. just weirdly timed. Illuminati. I awesome. said that as a joke. So I don't know, man. Post. We've we've had a lot of like, you know, big agenda stuff like, oh, the studios were pushing. It's like, dude, this is just like four guys making a movie. Like there yeah. there's no like big conspiracy here. There's just like dudes making a movie, trying their best to tell a story and doing it inconsistently and very poorly. Mm. But and hijacking a character so, to do it. <laughs> I would yeah. I was gonna ask why wouldn't we watch what was that movie? Cruising. Cruising. I've brought it up a few times. It's been... I'm not against watching it. I just... I can't believe I would watch Cruising before I watch about 10 other Pacino movies. That's all I said. I want to see Taxi Driver. I've heard some things about that movie. It's it's a good art film. Not anything about it, but just that it was... That it's like... Well, yeah. It's iconic. Yeah. I'll watch that. I wasn't sure we were taking requests. (laughs) You sometimes ask me if there's there's anything that I... I'm itching to see. We like Word. to know what you want to watch, but we don't always give it to you right away. No, I don't expect you to. So, George, with True context, that. having talked about it a little more, Still do you see it. why people watch this movie? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, the, it's still terrible. There's a reason why you have an old guy on your show. Yeah. The old guy that might like movies for a different reason than you do because I saw them when they came out and you guys might be seeing it in hindsight. Yeah. So I'm going to take, um, I'm going to, I'm going to basically say it's not a good movie. Okay. What? But it doesn't mean I don't like you know what I'm saying? You know what that like line of reasoning... So, so let's say, it's like know, a guilty pleasure then. It's like a... Yeah, it's just nostalgically, it's in my... It's, a, it's like it's comfort my, food. It's not good for you. It's in my collection because it's a part of my childhood. So... That's fine. Nostalgically, it means something to me. You do have That's to be fine. careful with that line of reasoning though, Travis. Because if you allow it to continue... You might get punished! <laughs> <laughs> I knew he was gonna do some shit like that. <laughs> this movie was garbage day. <laughs> garbage day. You know what really annoys me is like they get the franchise back on track with the next one, and it, and the rest of them are just kind of besides three, which there is some good stuff in three. Yes. Beyond three, it's just like okay, cookie cutter. We got to slam these things out. Okay, Freddy's doing bigger and weirder things, and we're just making all the money. The thing that annoys me is they make so much money on these next few movies that it pulls Jason into a fight with fake Carrie. And it brings up copycat movies like Bad Dreams, which is actually better than most of the nightmare Mm. movies. But, you know, horror goes in such a supernatural, perception-based, 
dreamscape way that you start to lose my favorite movies. Like, you just don't get a lot of Friday the 13th Part 2 and 4 after these movies. There was actually a movie in the 80s called Dreamscape. Oh, really? Did it it's suck? A, uh, it's a Dennis Quaid movie. Ugh. And it's it's basically a serial killer that that uses people's dreams to kill them. I wonder where they got that idea. I have no idea. <laughs> it's not it's not a bad movie, but it's one of those movies that's like 80s definitely. Well, George. Uh next week. <laughs> Are you just going to do Travis? I love it. <laughs> <laughs> uh a movie. <laughs> no, keep keep going. Yeah, we are going to do. We're going to do a movie. Um, three ninjas. It's called. Oh my god! Can we do three ninjas? <laughs> That'd be fucking awesome. I've seen that though. You've seen three ninjas. How the hell did you see three ninjas? Are you sure you've seen three ninjas? Mm, no. Now that you're saying that, maybe not. I mean, I would do the <laughs> hell out of three ninjas, but I can't what imagine. Nin- what is three ninjas like? It's like uh, three kids trained by their grandpa to be karate capable. Mm-hmm. Have... And like there's this guy that's being chased by the FBI named Snyder. Yeah, man. You've seen Three Ninjas. <laughs> and like they wear like these masks and like yeah. these kids like basically take down this like. The Wayne's World whole, guys like... pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Knock, yeah, knock off Steven Seagal hires Wayne and Garth <laughs> to kidnap some kids so that the FBI will leave them alone. Yes. That's a hell of a movie, man. I love it. Let's do it. It sounds like you <laughs> know it better than uh, than you should. No, I was thinking... I, want, I watched it when I was a kid, I think. Well, George... Uh, Lee Snyder, FBI! <laughs> yeah, that's the one. Rocky loves Emily. <laughs> Rocky <laughs> loves Emily. <laughs> okay. It's a good movie. Travis, have you ever seen Three Ninjas? We might just turn it on you next week. <laughs> I saw it back when it came out. But so I don't remember if I watched it. It's awesome. It's fun Aww. because the uh, the kids don't hit hard enough that they need to worry about it. So they're just straight punching the stunt doubles. Like, right. So yeah. it makes the action look more real because they're just straight up clubbing these dudes. <laughs> yeah. What year did that come out? Was that like 95, 94, 95? Yeah, like 93, 94, somewhere in there. Yeah. Yeah. I was working at the theater when it came out. I remember seeing it. It's a good flick, but I don't think it's really got a lot of academic merit. So I was like, I was like seven or eight years old. That was in my wheelhouse. Yeah, yeah, it's perfect. Yeah. No, I think we should watch From Dusk Till Dawn. Okay. <laughs> From one time to next, another time. <laughs> next week, we're going to be watching a movie. <laughs> do you know what Dusk Till Dawn is? No. From Dusk Till Dawn. I do not. Do you know anything about it? Do you, nope. What, what do you think I you have, might be experiencing? I have no idea. And that's good. Zero. Zilch. Nada. There's going to be at but least ho- two times next week that we're going to say a thing, and you're going to be like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to laugh hysterically. <laughs> Johnny Depp? <laughs> that, was that was good, great. man. That was great. I can't believe that dude, happened that dude to me. Dude, that dude playing the boyfriend, he looked like John Mayer. I can't believe that <laughs> happened to me, but I love it. I'm the dude. This guy is a dude playing another dude. It's great radio. <laughs> I love it. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, there you go. Any guys in leather in this movie? Any uh Hopefully. Big machine guns. Machine guns. Maybe there's some pegging. Ooh. I don't <laughs> There might be pegging in the background. <laughs> But I'm not sure if it's in the forefront. I mean, I mean, these things happen 
you know, in the time between dusk and dawn, right? Yeah. So. Especially, yeah. All right. Thank you for joining us on the Remedial Film Class Podcast. As always, you can find us at Twitter and Instagram at Remedial Film Pod. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Remedial Film Pod. If you're watching this on YouTube, just be aware that we're on every RSS podcatcher you can think of, from Stitcher to Apple to Spotify. We're everywhere. But, hey, if you're listening on your phone or on an RSS feed, did you know we're also on YouTube? Check it out, man. Have a great week, and we'll see you back here next time for From Dusk Till Dawn. (laughs) 